Whatever these forces are that make people do dumb things, they are powerful, they are often invisible, and they lurk even in the best of environments. Ed Catmull. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. Just a quick reminder, if you have a question, send it to us on our website, through Facebook, through our email address, so we can address that question for our December series, Frequently Asked Questions. By the time this episode releases and you're listening to it, We will already be in the midst of recording December's episodes, so send them off as quickly as you can so we can make sure we answer your question. And if we can't answer it on the air, we will still make a big effort to answer everyone's questions through text in some facet. However, you ask the question and we'll respond in kind. Today's trick of the trade is about how to get your characters into trouble. (laughs) Throwing in obstacles is a great way to make sure that your main character is challenged, is seen as powerful because they're overcoming more. And as a writer and a storyteller, if you're stuck, make your character miserable. There's always something to write about in that category. Honestly, if you're stuck, the reason is probably because the situation is too easy for your main character And you have nothing to fill the middle with because, well, they should be able to already solve it, right? Throwing in obstacles is going to be your best solution to that. When I'm plotting my story, I line plot points with certain word counts. So by the time I'm 50,000 words into the book, I should have had this happen. I should have had this happen. Well, okay, you told us earlier, skip to the good part. Yes, If you need to get out another 5,000 words first because your writing style is similar to mine, throw in an obstacle on the way. This is how Pixar tends to write their stories. They are all about obstacles. The opening quote from today's episode was actually the founder of Pixar. So we're going to break down how you can use Pixar's storytelling format to create obstacles for your characters specifically. If you ever get the chance, Pixar has 22 rules of storytelling. We're not going to cover all of those, maybe in a bonus episode sometime in the future. But a lot of those rules orient around this concept of challenging your characters, making things difficult, throwing in obstacles. The first rule on our list is you admire a character for trying more than for their successes. Think about what your character is good at. What are they comfortable with? Throw the polar opposite at them and challenge them. How do they deal with it? When you're stuck, make a list of what wouldn't happen next. Lots of times the material to get you unstuck will show up. If you were your character in this situation, how would you feel? Honesty lends credibility to even the most unbelievable of situations. What are the stakes? Give us a reason to root for the character. What happens if they don't succeed? Stack the odds against them. And of course, coincidences to get characters into trouble are fantastic. Coincidences to get them out of it are cheating. That last one is my favorite. 
making sure your character is challenged every step of the process makes them epic, makes the story epic, makes the journey worth reading. So if you noticed in the rules that we listed, every single one of them is based on your character. So if you don't know your character's faults, their flaws, their strengths, then you aren't going to be able to write plausible, good obstacles. But my character doesn't have a flaw. She's perfect in every way. Uh, make one. If only we were all as fortunate as your main character. (laughs) Trust me, your character has a flaw. And if they don't, they're really boring and no one's going to want to read them. We did discuss this concept over the summer during our word count episode of throwing in challenges because an easy victory is a boring victory. But we wanted to make sure that we drilled this in in your tricks of the trade because whenever you are telling a story, if you're entertaining somebody or trying to teach them, whatever reason it is that you're telling this story, having obstacles, I think it helps us as readers deal with the obstacles in our own lives. I may be getting a little existential here, but seeing this character rooting for this character to stop the main bad guy from destroying the world helps us deal with our bosses at work. So if you're struggling to figure out where to start in giving them obstacles that aren't necessarily an essential piece of the plot, the first place you want to go is subplots. You need more than one struggle happening at the same time. When we talked about the hero's journey, we talked about the internal struggle and the external struggle. That lie that the main character believes should cripple them in some way. We will be talking about this a little bit more in our next episode titled Yes, But, because those plot lines are very good at feeding into the next. Those subplots are essential. So you have that internal struggle, the lie that the main character believes, and the external struggle, this bad guy who's about to take over the world. If you're bored with one, go on the other route for a while. Challenge them in that way. The place that they're beginning to feel like could be a home for them, destroy it. These types of obstacles that destroy any emotional progress that your character is making compel the reader forward, compel the story forward. Another place to go is leaving footholds somewhere in your story. Little gaps that aren't necessary to be wrapped up in order to satisfy the reader at the end, but which you can use to create obstacles later, especially if you have a named character early on that never shows up again. This one is especially useful for you pantsers out there, where the character goes to such and such a place, buys a sword, and then moves on. Okay, you've introduced an idea that you could come back to, especially if you have a better idea of where the story is going. The sword's broken, they need to go back to it. Throwing that obstacle of breaking the sword will bring you back to it. And as an author, especially as a pantser, leaving those footholds for you to latch onto later can be very useful in helping you complete your novel. And for those of you who write in third person, especially third person with multiple point of views, what's your bad guy doing? This one's my favorite. 
It can be so much fun to write from your bad guy's perspective. Your bad guy is not sitting idly, twiddling his thumbs, picking his nose while the main character is leveling up and getting ready to fight him. Bad guy's on a mission too, good guy's in his way. How much of a threat he sees him as will probably change throughout the story, but he's probably acting against your main character in some way. Even if you're only writing from a single point of view, adding more mischief from the bad guy will help compel the story forward because your bad guy is then throwing in an obstacle. And then consider your secondary characters. Who else is involved that could create a little bit of trouble for your main character? Two characters can be butting heads because they have different motivations, even if they're allies. One of them thinks we should take this path to the volcano. The other thinks we should take that path to the volcano. Gollum and Sam are constantly butting heads. Frodo sees them both as allies, but that makes the long walk to Mordor a little more interesting because they're butting heads with each other. They are each other's obstacles. Legolas and Gimli as well. Their shift from being enemies as an elf and a dwarf to being reluctant allies to being friends. Again, subplots. Having these chances for your characters to grow helps the whole character arc throughout the story be stronger. Especially during the second act and the beginning of the third act. A lot of these obstacles for your main character are going to end in failure. But if my hero isn't constantly succeeding, doesn't that make them look incompetent? Yes, but... (laughs) Like the rule from Pixar said, you admire a character for trying more than for their successes. If they keep getting back up, if they keep trying, the readers can connect with that constant struggle. And there are ways still to give them small successes amid failures, which we will talk about in our next episode. When your main character is failing is when we are most connected to them emotionally. Giving them success, but at a price, is coming next. So stay tuned, and until we see you next time, write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 